Trady Nut, episode 26. I want you to fly your jet fighter, you know, under the Golden Gate Bridge, upside down, on afterburners. Blow your account up. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders and welcome to the 25th episode of the Trading Nut Podcast. I'm your host Cam Hawkins and today we've got a trader by the name of Gordon Phillips on the show. Now Gordon's got, he basically talks us through divergence and how he uses divergence in his strategy and also there's unique money management. Is it money management? I suppose it's trade management approach. Now you're going to hear all about that, how that works and not only hear it in the interview but I've done a video with Gordon, it's up on the YouTube channel, so after you listen to the pod, jump over there and you're actually going to see how he does it on his charts. So guys, that's coming up in a second. Now, before we get into that, I do want to talk about what I had going on last week. So last week was very busy for me. I ended up going on a three-day trip to Malaysia, so left first thing on Tuesday morning, got back middle, uh, actually it was was Friday evening at about five o'clock. So whirlwinds halfway across the world and back again, uh, a lot of time on, on planes, a lot of time in airports, but I've got to tell you, it's the lesson here, guys, is take these opportunities. If you get something like this that pops up, and look, it was a business meeting over there that I, I could attend, um, and it was trading related, and I thought, well, look, I want to give this a go. So I, I took the chance, and just things happen, right? So random things happen that you don't expect. So number one, um, I emailed a friend I hadn't seen in six years who lived in in Singapore, and I thought, oh, look, Singapore, Malaysia, it's close enough. Maybe he's like over there on business or something. Who knows? Anyway, long story short, the guy's literally goes comes back and goes, I'm booking that night in Kuala Lumpur now for work it just happens to be the same night that i'm there i'm literally there one night um and it happened to be the same night so he gets a hotel he's 6k away from me so we ended up going out for dinner and drinks and what whatnot it was a great night a great great to catch up on top of that at the at the meeting i i met a guy from instagram a trader on instagram who does very well and um like it it was literally like the trader's dream i could meet this guy have a chat to him and uh and then also, I'm going to get him on the show. So guys, he's going to come up on the show in hopefully a few weeks' time or a couple of months. Um, we're going to hear from him. We're going to hear his story and, and how he did it. And look, he's only, he's only about, oh, he would have been about 26, maybe 29. I'm not too sure, but he was quite young. Uh, so we've got that. So that happened as well. Um, and then on top of that, so I sent an email out to you guys and I and I let you know on the pod that I was going to be over there and I had one guy come back, which it's better than none. And look, it was a great guy. Peter, thank you for reaching out to me. It was lovely to meet you and absolutely fantastic 
to, to talk trading with you for about three hours in the end. Um, we went out to lunch. Peter shouted me lunch. He drove me back to the airport. So, like, what more can you ask? Uh, he's a robot trader. Now, he's got a website. If you guys want to check it out, I thought I'd give it a buzz here. Um, he's not he's not in it for the website stuff. It's just a way for him to, to talk to other guys that are interested. So, if you're interested in connecting with Peter, who is heavily into building robots, algo trading, that sort of thing, then check him out at scaledupfx.com. Okay, go and check him out there. Um, if you want to talk robots and if you want to see what he's doing, and he's doing some really cool and interesting stuff. We came up with so many ideas, um, not just for the Robot Traders Club, but also for, um, for for robot ideas, robot ideas that I'm going to try going forward, uh, things that have worked for him, things that haven't worked for him. It, it was really good, really, really good chat, uh, chatting to someone who's into the same stuff as me and who knows so much about what we all know the same stuff because he listens to the podcast, right? So we meet up and then we can all talk about the common things that, um, that have mentioned on the show in the past and um and uh yeah even shows that i've been on other traders educators out there that i've talked to and and uh, so on and so forth so guys the lesson here is if you get these opportunities take them by the the bull by the horns and and go for them because you never know what's going to happen and it just makes life a bit more interesting all right enough about me let's get on with this interview with uh with gordon and and i'll see you on the other side Oh, I forgot to mention, the other coolest thing about this trip was where I stayed. It was called the Traders Hotel, and uh, it was right on a park. So other than the fact it was called the Traders Hotel, I got a couple of pictures. Um, you, you, yeah, it was right on a park, massive park, right down the road from the Patronus Towers. Uh, three minutes walk, everything was like literally three to five minutes walk. Humongous shopping mall, um, you know, restaurants. Uh, bars, that sort of thing, and then it was 20 minutes from where I needed to be, so it was literally just the perfect little spot, so if you're ever in Kuala Lumpur, I do recommend checking out the Traders Hotel, on top of that, it had a swimming pool, and it had, um, uh, and, and, and the rooms were lovely, the rooms was absolutely lovely, so if you're a trader, check out the Traders Hotel, okay, enough of the advertising, the Traders Hotel, Right, let's get on with this interview, guys. Here we go. Gordon and I have a chat. All right, guys, so we've got Gordon Phillips here on the show. So Gordon's based over there in New Hampshire, New England, in the U.S. So how are things going with you today, Gordon? They're going really, really well, Cam. Brilliant. How about yourself? Oh, look, it's been um, it's, it's a good start to the day. So I've got a, I've got a long day ahead of me. I've actually um, got travel next week, so which is the first time in a while. So looking forward to that. Um, so you're, you've got a similar story to a, a recent guest on the show. In actual fact, a recent um, bunch of guests I've had on where, um, well, actually, we're going to hear that in a second. So <laughs> instead of me spoiling it, let's let's start off with your story <laughs> and and hear sure. how you got to where you are now. So what got you into trading? You know, what sure. got you interested and and how your sort of journey unfolded? Well, I've uh, I've always worked for myself. I was a professional musician when I was a young man, band leader in Boston, Massachusetts, and then I had my own entertainment agency. And I got into my early 40s, and I was looking for a way to, to make money from home. And I learned, I learned investing, and I learned all kinds of different options techniques. Got pretty good at it, could make a living at it. Matter of fact, got a reputation consulting, helping people rebuild their portfolios after market crashes. And one day, a friend of mine said, have you ever traded the Forex? And I said, no. I, said, I knew what it was just from reading it in the, in the newspapers, foreign exchange. But I'd never seen a currency chart. I'd never been live on a chart. And he said, you should check it out. And I did. And I just absolutely fell in love, you know, for all the reasons I'm sure many people do. 
Uh, and so I, I started trading, I would say the typical way most traders trade, regardless of the strategy you're using, whether you're scalping, swing trading, reversals, whatever you're doing, it's pretty much, you know, you're going to trade the New York sessions, so you're going to start at 7.30 in the morning and trade till noon, you're going to get up in the middle of the night and trade the London Open, whatever you're going to do. It involved pretty much continuous trading, looking for indicators to line up. Kind of like flying a, you know, flying the fighter jet, you know, with with uh, at Mach three with your hair on fire, <laughs> yeah. and, and you know what I'm saying, you know, with sweat dripping off your nose and rigor mortis clutching the mouse, and you know, and I did that for a while, and I got good at it, and I was teaching it, and and as time goes by, you just you know, this is tiresome. Yeah, this is I'm almost I'm doing well, but it's almost like I've got another living I've created for myself. So I was looking for a way that I could make it more systematic, more robotic, more methodical, rule-based, if you will. But in particular, where I could find a way that had a mathematical expectancy such that my wins and losses were almost identical. And then the outcome would be premised on how many you know, wins I had over losses over a period of time, where I, could, where I could spot a setup that would be recurring often enough that it would be reliable in any market, any currency time frame, you know, any chart. And, uh, and put it on and walk away. So it would be completely bookended with stops and limits, including if it had any conditional orders as part of the strategy. But whatever it involved, I would show up, and, and I found it. And um, it, it changed everything for me completely because it, it reduced the amount of time I had to spend in front of the screen to under, under an hour a day, all total out of an entire day from breakfast till bedtime. And it consisted in showing up a few times during the day, 10, 15 minutes at a time, looking for the setup, which I can tell you is based on uh, MACD divergence. And uh, if a setup wasn't there, which it wouldn't not be, it would not be there most of the time. So I teach my students, it's like going fishing. You know, my dad would go, would come back around 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning with a fishing basket and the, the rod and the reel, all the usual, you know, paraphernalia. And I never said, you know, hey, did you go fishing? He obviously had gone fishing. Did you catch anything today, Dad? No, they weren't running, but he had a great time fishing. That's what I tell the students. You, you know, you'll, you'll check and you'll find three or four good quality setups a week, um, 15, 20 a month, and you can make a ton of money. That's all you need. Uh, and so once you understand that, this enabled me to teach people from all walks of life. I mean, literally, I've had people who are commercial airline pilots, a tugboat operator in a harbor in New York, just outside of New York City, homeschooling moms, musicians. I can remember uh, a pumpkin farmer in, uh, in Indiana, the United States, just all different walks of life. But they could find time during the cracks and spaces of their regular day, whatever their day looked like, whether it was a coffee break, lunch break, you know, on the bus or subway, commuting home on Wi-Fi late at night for a few minutes after the kids are tucked in. And there'd be no right or wrong time to look. It would be it would just be their personal schedule, their convenience. And most of the time, what they're looking for wouldn't be there. Uh, but they'd see enough of it, enough of it would drift by in the course of a week that they would catch some really good setups, and they would win most of them. And because the risk and reward was identical, the wins would easily buy off the losses, and they were able to make some really, really life-changing returns. And I called it convenience currency trading. It's just the name. I had to give it something, you know, to market it. But it was, um, it's a strategy that works on any time frame. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're on a 15-minute chart or a one-day chart and on any currency pair. Um, and uh, the, um, the lot sizing is adjusted to normalize risk. So if you're going for 1% risk or 2% or 3% or whatever it may be on each setup, it doesn't matter how many pips you're going for. 
because you can adjust the number of, of typically micro lots you're going to put on to normalize risk. So that's that's really what I've been doing. And I've also had a hand in developing uh, EAs, very, very uh, successful EAs. Um, but primarily when I'm sharing this, I really am a big believer in helping people become financially independent uh, to work from home. And so obviously you know very well this is something you can do literally from anywhere you can get on the Internet. And um, And so that's what I've been doing. Cool. Brilliant. Well, yeah, I've got a, so I've got a ton you. of questions to throw at you. Um, yeah, go for it. First off, for the guys that don't know what EAs are, they're basically trading robots for, for uh, the MetaTrader mm-hmm. platform. Um, mm-hmm. So now back to your stock trading career because I've I got, <laughs> got a sort of good like gauge on, you know, I just want to hear that transition between stocks and Forex. And um, so you did really well in stocks. And I asked this question to my last guest. It's like, so why why the transition? What what made you decide to to even investigate forex or, or move to another market? Well, in in stocks, you got a you got a market at least in the U.S. The New York Stock Exchange would open at nine thirty in the morning, close at four thirty in the afternoon, and and as the saying goes by insiders, it's you know it's happy hour in the morning, and everybody's trying to guess how the market's going to open. A lot of gapping, position sizing wasn't that great, and back in two thousand, ETFs had just come along. Um, so I was I was really focusing mostly on on options, and at the time weekly options didn't exist. I did some I did some futures trading. I did some trading on uh, long term hedging, using uh, leaps and things like that. But I wasn't doing this full time at the time. I was still kind of segueing out of the music business. I had I had gone on from being a band leader to, be, to having my own agency in Boston. I I was booked up so much that I, I was basically farming jobs out to my friends who were band leaders. I ended up having my own agency. So it took me a few years to transition out of that. And while I was in that process, I discovered Forex. And when I got in there, I saw that, I mean, the liquidity is massive. You know, the execution is almost instantaneous. You, there's, you're, not, you're not getting dragged sitting there looking at the screen for five minutes waiting to get filled. And, of course, the fascination of a 24-hour market, like most most newbies traders i was up at two in the morning four in the morning figuring out how i could trade you know this that and the other you get that gets pretty old pretty quickly <laughs> but uh that was pretty much it it was uh, i i really liked i liked the the uh the movement of price action in the currency market is very um fractal and very bi-directional uh there's it's it's just the, retra- the re- uh, refractive retracing nature of price action is consistently and constantly bidirectional, and you can take advantage of that uh, if you want to go in there and do that. You know, there. Are, I, I tell my, excuse me, I tell my students that um, it's what, what I try to do is is take a, a manufacturing approach to the creation of profit, and that sounds like a really weird thing to say to a lot of people because investing has this overtone of of a. a almost it becomes a religion, you know, based on hoping and uh, fundamentals and waiting for outcomes and kind of holding your breath. But um, my whole approach is completely scientific. Uh, so the currency market really lent itself to that. So I'm not sure if that answered your, your question completely, but that's kind of how I... Yeah, well, it's sort of, I mean, I, I suppose it got me thinking that, you know, back back then when um, the retail Forex really took off i mean everyone was looking at it who were people trading whatever was you know oh, sure. we were interested because there was a lot of marketing and stuff going on around it so people were and i mean like i started off in stocks and then went to forex so people were obviously just you know it was something that caught their attention and i i, I know what you mean around i mean uh, 
with stocks there there are sort of different limitations and then um from what I was hearing in my last interview it's, it, the stock market is very manipulated so you can get really hurt badly uh, a few times a year for, for no real reason um, but mm-hmm. um, the question I want to know is right so the stuff you'd learned around stock so you've obviously got some education there and you'd you know that helped you you know trade a particular strategy how did you sort of transition from stocks to forex? Was it an easy transition to get to where you are now, or what sort of experimentation did you go through, and and what was your journey like? Well, it was a very easy transition because I was using all the typical indicators that that most traders use. You know, I was using exponential averages, and I was using RSI and the Williams percent, and you know, just 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 the usual trend indicators, trying to figure out where the price is going to go next. And then timing my entries and and, uh, trailing my stops. And, you know, I mean, just these are things you can do in any market as long as price is moving. But what I quickly realized was that all of these, if you go on trading platforms, there are hundreds of different types of indicators. All right. I mean, there's they're named after all kinds of different people. Seems like if you're if you've really been successful out there for 40 years, you've got an indicator with your name on it. (laughs) But they're they're all really just glorified moving averages. It's like trading in the rearview mirror. And when I discovered that the MACD has the unique property of measuring the differential between two moving averages simultaneously, um, I I understood that when you're using divergence, when price diverge and the MACD diverges from price action, you've got a situation where the price has become overbought or oversold. So in other words, the philosophy was shifting from the typical indicator approach is you've got a trend and you're going to try to follow it off the right end of the screen and hope it keeps going in that same direction. Chase it, not get stopped out too tight, decide whether to, you know, to try to trade to break even, add to your position, all the usual strategies that traders use. But when you've got an indicator that is predictive, and, and, that, and it surprised me when I discovered that, you've got something that is actually pretty highly predictive, about five out of six times. My experience has been 80, 83% of the time. If I spot a setup, it's going to win. And that just gets a game changer. And so I tried to understand, and I didn't come up with this myself. I mean, this is, I'm not claiming to invent that at all. That's been known for a long, long time. I just don't know if anyone quite put it together as a strategy the way I did. But again, I'm not claiming any originality there either. I just haven't seen it. But um, when you have price uh, hyperextended, so it makes a high, pulls down a little bit, makes a higher high, jumps up in the air. The MACD will follow the price action 90-plus percent of the time. Whatever the price does, the MACD will contour it. But when the MACD diverges from price action, so, for example, the price makes a higher high and MACD makes a lower high, or price makes a lower low and MACD makes a higher low, it indicates a short-term condition of being overbought or oversold. And, of course, human beings being human <laughs> uh, it's a sentiment you know everyone overdoes it it's just human nature you know, so it's like the pendulum on the grandfather clock doesn't swing to the middle and stop you know boink right there it just it goes past it comes back again so you've constantly got price overshooting the mark and then pulling back and retracing back and it's the retracement tendency to recover from an overbought situation that is highly predictive and so once i learned this i was fascinated and I, when I realized that it was uh, that it was an event that would that would win most of the time, then I thought, well, how do I capture this? How do I quantify this? How do I make a system out of this so I can 
put on a trade, bookend it. I didn't want to. I didn't want to spend the rest of my life having to constantly show up and, you know, setting alerts on your phone and setting you know, audible and visuals and, you know, the you know the score. I, I want to just. It's like setting a trap as a hunter. I just want to set it, walk away, and come back and check the trap. Yeah. And I either won. I either won or I lost. No problem with that. And I'm going to win most of the time. And when I do, the wins will be roughly equal in size to the losses on a percent risk basis. And once I did that, it just changed everything. Because now, because I have several businesses that I run, and uh, I, this this enabled me to continue doing this, which I love, and still consult in other areas and develop some of the other things that I'm that I'm interested in. In the, I like helping people, so I've got some other things that I do that I'm passionate about. But um, yeah, that was the, that was the scoop. Wow. It was discovering re- really the the MACD that that phenomenon if, of uh, divergence, if you will. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it, so I, I'm I'm intrigued into into how the MACD sort of like the very early days when you started analyzing it and and trying different things out. Mm-hmm. I mean, how were you like? How were you back testing what you were doing and? When did you get that like aha moment where it's like I can really just this is this is the these are the rules I've locked it down I can yeah. just refine from here ever so slightly but this I've I've got it yeah it was about fifteen years ago just about fifteen years ago that I discovered this and it was from an ebook I bought I don't even remember who wrote it because I was I was just saturating myself with forex like you said the marketing was on everybody was hitting you every day all the ads were forex forex trade currency from home, you know, get rich by next Tuesday. And I was interested in learning what people were doing. I was just, I was just soaking it up like a sponge. And I spotted this, this thing called divergence. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. But when I realized that it was premised on human nature, that market prices are always pushed beyond where they, you know, air quotes should be. Of course, nobody knows where they should be because even if you think you do, it's going to go somewhere else a second later anyway. But the idea was that that there was a phenomenon that rather than try to guess the future, you could see that something had just happened that was overdone and was very likely about to undo what it just overdid. And so I discovered that about 15 years ago. I didn't know right away. I continued to trade as I had been trading, trailing stops, you know, that whole thing. And, that, and eventually it, that got old. And so I would say it was probably around 2010, 2009, actually, about 10 years ago, that I discovered the, uh, the concept of what I would do is I would put on a market order and I would have a, a stop and a, and a take profit. And then if the first trade won, I would have sitting in the wings a conditional entry order to continue in the same direction. And, uh, and basically to be able to pick up an, an additional increment. So I, I could start out the market order with, for example, a 3x. Well, I don't want to get, I don't know how technical you want me to get, but. Um, oh, very technical, if you can. I keep going? Okay, yeah. all right, okay, all right. All right, so let's say we're going to use X, X the unknown, right? It doesn't matter if it's 20 pips or $20 or it's 2%. It doesn't matter how we measure it, whatever we're going for. Um, so I, I'm looking at, you know, Euro USD. I'm on a three-minute, I'm sorry, I'm on a four-hour chart, and I spot a tray, a setup that looks like the price is going to go 50 pips my way. So we'll call that X. And that would be, then I would use a stop loss of three times that. In other words, I'm willing to let the price go three times further against me than the profit target I was seeking. 
Uh, and I would, if I'm trading at 1% risk and I got a whatever $10,000 account, so I'm risking $100 on a trade, then I'd be able to put on, I would know exactly what my, my position size would have to be such that if it went against me, I would lose 3x. Sitting at the point of the take profit target of the original live market order would be an entry stop, which would stop me in at that point to continue in the same direction, because momentum is, is going with me, one more unit of X. So the run would end with 2X. And again, 2X could be 1% plus 1% or $50 plus $50, whatever it was. And um, if I lost the, um, let's say I won the first trade, but an, the, an, excuse me, the second trade, which I call the extension trade, the, the, the pending order in the same direction, would have the same parameters. It too would seek 1X and have a 3X stop loss. So if I won the first trade and the, and the second conditional order triggered in and won, I'd have 2x. If I win the first trade and the second one loses, I have 1x minus 3x, which is minus 2. So there's my risk and reward. I was able to collapse the risk to reward ratio from 3 to 1 to 1 to 1 in a two-step process. Ah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Ingenious, yes. But now there's one more part of it. So if the first trade lost, let's say the first trade lost, um, and, and the markets, the markets dropped three X, going 150 pips out of the money and stopped me out. Well, my reasoning was if, if I got the trade that wrong, that it's gone three times further away from me than the target I was looking for, it's very highly likely, you know, probably probabilistically, <laughs> if I can say that to continue going in the same direction. So I would put on a pending order at the point of stop loss of the original trade to go short 1x. Okay, so in other words, the first trade would be take profit 1x, stop loss minus 3x, and right down there would be the other. The, I would have two pending orders. This would be the second of the two pending orders, and I called it the stop loss recovery trade. So if I'm, let's say, I'm going to be buying an imaginary currency called the Mondo, you know, the, the one world currency we're all heading towards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for teaching examples, the Mondo is always trading at 1,000. So if I'm using a 50-pip grid, I'm going for 1,050 on, on a buy for take profit, and my stop loss is at 850, right? Well, sitting at 850, this, there's, a, there's an extension. There's a, there's a conditional order, a sell order, sell entry stop, to go down 50 pips to 800, and I would win that 92, 93% of the time. Very high probability trade because the momentum is carrying me in that direction. So again, I buy back 1x. So I lost 3, I buy back 1, I've lost 2. So there's now two scenarios where my risk and reward are the same. The outlier is about 1 out of every um, 50 trades, about 2% of the time, I'll have a double whammy. The first trade will lose 3x. The stop-loss recovery trade will turn right around and go right back up where I started, and I'll lose another three, and I'll have a 6x loss on that one trade. But because I, and, I, and this one-two trade sequence, I call it a run. Just got to give it a name, right? So it's, a, it's, a, it's just a run. So I, would, um, I, would, I had the math worked out so that I would be able to show students that the first trade, the market trade, would typically win about 83% of the time. The second trade, the extension trade, would win about 81% of the time, and the stop-loss recovery trade would win in the low 90s. So you have a very, very high mathematical expectancy uh, with that one outlier. Um, so if the market order loses 17% of the time, 
and and then the stop loss recovery trade to buy that back only loses about nine percent of the time it's a very small fraction out of a hundred trades there might be one or two where i get that double whammy but i buy it off right away because the thing wins most of the time so it's just got a very strong mathematical it's just very very structured and it kind of it's almost not like trading i mean it's kind of an odd thing to say but it's like there's a setup you see it, it almost doesn't matter that you're in the forex market in a philosophical sense. I know that sounds like an odd thing to say, but it, it's just the forex market is just really an excuse to apply the technique. So you could say, well, why can't you do this in stocks? Well, you could. You could do it in anything, anything that's moving. It's just that I stay in forex because of the executions, low, low spread, low commissions, almost no slippage. And it, it is a 24-hour market, so people in New Zealand could be trading while it's um, while I'm in bed, and, you know, and vice versa. So that's kind of what I uh, what I came up with. Cool. A little weird, I guess. And so, but, so that's uh, that's the that's the current uh, part of the current system that you use at the moment, yeah. It is. It yeah. is the system. That's I'm the system. That, okay. Nice. That, nice. I'm te- that I'm teaching. Yeah. Cool. Maybe we'll, maybe we can jump on and um, and have a look at how that sort of plays out. In a, an example in the, in, on video format and chuck it up on the YouTube channel for guys to go and check out after listening to the show, um, yeah. unless we come across some other good stuff as well. So let's let's dive into some of the questions here that I've got. So, the, I mean, you've talked about, like, it can be run on any time frame. I mean, what, what's the time frame of your choice? There is no time frame of choice. I'm, lo- I'm just looking for a pattern. So if I'm looking for the setup, it could be a 15-minute chart, 30, 2-hour, uh, four hour. It could even be a one day chart if you want to wait for trade for th- the clo- t- three weeks to close. Because then swap could kill you, <laughs> depending. You know. Yeah. But uh, uh, you could trade on a five minute chart. It's just that sometimes the five minutes moving so quickly you can't even get the setup in place before the price has already hit your, you know, has already moved too far. But other than that, uh, you can trade any one of the crosses, any minor major crosses. There's many choices, and then you've got multiply that times. Plus, what I teach my students is you can vary. You can create a virtual chart by varying the settings in the MACD. So, for example, if my platform doesn't have a 45-minute chart, I can I can have a second tab open where the settings on the MACD are three times normal. So instead of 12, 26, and 9, I'd use 36, 78, and 27 for my MACD settings. So if I'm on a 15-minute chart, the MACD thinks it's looking at 45-minute candles. Ah, right. Yeah. See, so I can create a synthetic yeah. chart. So, so I can if I see if I see a setup that looks like it's going to be a a, a go on a one hour chart. They wonder what it looks like at a forty five. Wonder what it looks like on a seventy five. And uh, it, and you can do that. So, like for example, MetaTrader MT four doesn't have a two hour chart. It jumps from one to four. So all you have to do is use a double MACD on a one hour, or you can use a half value MACD. You can use um, 6, 13, and 5 because MetaTrader won't let you use a fraction. If you try to type in 4.5, oh, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't yeah. accept it, 4 or 5. So, so that way, now you've got all kinds of possibilities of, of different, different ways you can look at it. Nice. Interesting stuff. Now, um, yeah. so, so I think, I mean, we've gone through a lot of the stats and stuff, which is great. I'm going to change the subject and the topic slightly onto getting your view on cryptocurrency trading. I mean, does this system work on crypto? Do you trade crypto? Uh, yeah, let's go with that to start off with. Yeah, it absolutely. No, no, I don't. But yes, it does. In other words, if you go on tradingview.com, and I, I don't work for them, I'm not promoting them. I'm just 
like just, just mentioning it. But TradingView um, has very, very good charts. Uh, and it offers all the currencies. Uh, it offers, well, of course, stocks, indices, mutual funds, ETFs, crypto, Forex currencies. Uh, and it has, it has very good charts. The only thing it doesn't have most... Oh, the other thing I want to mention, too, is that the MACD typically uses an exponential moving average. It's computed internally, mathematically, using an exponential average. So I created a MACD that uses a weighted moving average, which is much, much smoother. So the, the turnover that I see on the MACD line, the signal line and the MACD line, is very sinusoidal, very smooth, rolling. It, it irons out the little jaggies and zigzags that you'll see on a traditional MACD because it's using an exponential. Uh, but anyway, other other than that, yeah, you can you can you can spot div divergence is a phenomenon that occurs everywhere in nature, <laughs> literally. <laughs> you could do it on you could do it on election results, and I'll tell you a funny story. This is true story, and you'll you'll probably think I'm either crazy or you'll laugh. I'm not sure which. But uh, when we were having our third child, my wife was in labor, and uh, it was going to be a home birth, and it wasn't working out, and we had to rush to the hospital. And uh, the doctors are trying to decide if they're going to do a cesarean section. And I'm sitting next to her holding her hand, and they have um, ultrasound on her belly listening to the, to the baby's heartbeat. And the contractions were irregular. And next to me is a tape reader, and there's a tape coming out, and it's going right down to a little pile on the floor showing the spacing of the contractions. And it looked like an EKG, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I pick it up, and I start looking at it. And I said, oh, I could see the divergence right on the chart. And I told him when the next contraction was going to come. And he looked at me like I was from another planet. <laughs> <laughs> so when I tell you that this phenomenon is everywhere, <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> so you could use it on crypto. You could use it on anything where you can see price action that you can chunk down like we do with candlesticks into arbitrary time slices, whether it's three-minute chart, five-minute chart, it doesn't matter, on, on any vehicle as long as you're not going to get killed by spread and commission and get bad fills sitting there waiting for, waiting for the order to fill. And uh, so, sure, you could trade it on cryptos. You can trade it on, on, on anything. I've just stuck with Forex because I became enamored of Forex. I, I love the market. It's just, and it's predictable, it's reliable. And of course, we're dealing with almost $6 trillion a day. So you've got this giant, I, I tell my students, think of it as a $6 trillion gallon uh, shark tank. Right. And those, those great whites circling up above are the central bankers and the international corporations. And, um, we, we survive and feed off the shreds of traders that, that fall to the bottom of the tank. So that's what we do. And so, <laughs> okay. Well, look, it's, uh, I mean, do you, do you follow Bitcoin and, and the movements there? I, I did. I got into it. Yeah. I, I did pretty well. I don't want to talk about that. But, yeah, I got out the blow off. When you're, when you're an analyst, I am an analyst. I, I do strictly technical approach. So, yes, I know all the yeah. usual patterns. I mean, it was obvious when the blow off came. And one of the I got, one, I got out, yeah. One of the questions I've been asking my guests is like, where do you think it's going to end up? Is it going to keep going south, or is it going to turn around and go north? It's really sort of just like a finger in the oh. air. Like, what's your thoughts? Is this thing going to stick around or, or die? Well, I think you have to ask a slightly a bigger question, which is from a macro perspective, what's the future of blockchain? Because the revolution isn't cryptos; it's blockchain. 
cryptos are just a type of money sitting on top of a blockchain, which can be used for, for anything mm. from contract negotiation to real estate settlement to, to securing signatures. I mean, you name it, it's a whole new world. Walmart has started using Ethereum blockchain to, to, to track produce shipments coming from China. They started doing that two years ago. The U.S. Treasury, I mean, I believe that all the world's currencies will be based on a blockchain because there'll, there'll be nowhere to hide. Cash will be completely eliminated and everything will be available to the authorities in absolute real time uh, in, an, in an untamper-proof, uh, self-validating ledger entry, which is what it is. So as far as price speculating on, on crypto, I think, I think that the crypto market is like the stock market was back in, in the 1990s. Remember when there was, at least in the U.S., there was the huge uh, the blow-off in 2000 when the dot-com bubble popped, and there was the tech wreck, they called it, the NASDAQ crashed 80 90%, whatever it was. Mm. Um, but, uh, and, and, and the Internet, up to that point, there were companies that, that were huge that just disappeared overnight. And then out of the wreckage, starting in the early 2000s, was the rise of, of Google. And, and Yahoo and eBay and, you know, all these different things. I think that's kind of where we are now. I think, I think the big hyper-speculative blow-off bubble popped, and now it's actually getting some ground. It's getting some feet under. It's becoming – people are taking a, a look at it. It's maturing in the sense that uh, the SEC, the regulators, are starting to seriously consider it at some point that there will be vehicles that you can invest in, ETFs, for example. And, of course, the, um, the big boys – have been eyeing it, including the International Monetary Fund, have been eyeing it for quite some time in terms of, uh, of turning all the – I've been, I think, one of the first to predict that um, tax returns – you probably have them in New Zealand, but it, it, we're, we're required to file a tax return every April 15th to report our income and expenses and all that to the government. And um, when we have a 100% electronic currency where they know exactly who you are, where you are, to the second, what you bought, how you paid, uh, there will be no further need to assess yourself. They'll just debit the tax. They'll figure the tax for you and take it right out of your account. Yeah, exactly. And there'll, be, there'll be nowhere to nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Yeah. And, uh, that, yeah, so. Cool. So what you're saying is it's going to be it's going to stick around where Bitcoin goes, who knows. Um, but yeah. it's a cryptocurrency or currency running on the block train is, blockchain is essentially going to be here for good. Um, okay, so so heading back into into the uh, the forex world, what what about fundamental um, news impacting what you're doing? Is that something that you even factor in or, or need no, to factor in? No, don't pay any attention to it. Nope. The only thing we do is we stay out of the market when a news announcement's coming out. Of course, they're all announced all over the world, right? We all know when the United States or, or the European Union is going to issue some new labor report or, or whatever it might be. And uh, I tell my students, it's like you're out in a calm lagoon paddling your canoe and there's a torpedo in the water, you know? So you, you want to, you want, you don't want to put a trade on at, you know, right before 8:30 AM us time or 10 AM when one of these announcements, especially the non-farm payroll is going to come up. But other than that, no, it's um, it, it's, it doesn't matter. It, it's like, it's like being a, an instrument rated pilot. So when I, when I was teaching this in live seminars, you know, you got 30, 40 people in a room, and I would have everybody bring a, a sweater because I like to keep the room at, on the cool side because keep people awake. And I would tell people, bring a sweater. Don't complain about it. <laughs> so bring your laptop. And so I had, I had one gal who was – I said, okay, take your sweater and, and 
and drape it over your head and over the screen of the laptop. And then, of course, I'm, now I'm having fun. Everybody's laughing. I yeah. said, you know, can, can you hear me in there? She says, yes, I can hear you. I said, great. What do you see? She says, all I can see is the screen. I said, perfect. You take a sweater off. You are now a flight instrument certified currency trader. That's all you need. What's on the screen. You don't need to know who the Fed is or the president of the United States or interest rates or what the weather's doing or, or anything. It doesn't matter whether the market's rigged and manipulated. It doesn't matter. It's, all that matters is what's on the screen. Period. The end. Yeah. The evidence is on the screen. And because of the nature of price action and people being people, the price is going to wiggle itself and contort itself into these setups on a regular basis that we can take advantage of using diversions. And so, so, so thinking about a price chart, I mean, what, what other things would you recommend somebody educate themselves on other than the MACD? Well, for this technique, there aren't any. I don't use any other indicators. Um, I would recommend that people get some experience. When, you know, when I start out with a new student and they don't know anything, I'll have them go read Currency Trading for Dummies or Currency of the Idiot's Guide just so they understand what the heck is the foreign exchange, just for background information. And then I'll show them some t indicators and I show them why we don't use them because they're all just – there's the head fakes. They're very inaccurate uh, in terms of probability, 55% of the time maybe. And, uh, and so you get some familiarity with them. But this technique is very specific. Now, the, divergence does show up on other indicators. You can see it on any kind of an oscillator. You can see it on the Williams percent, you know, the uh, percent R. You can see it on, on any oscillator at all. It's just much easier to read in real time on the MACD, especially when you're using a weighted moving average. It's very smooth. The point where the crossover occurs is a very clear signal. And it's fairly forgiving. If I spot a setup on a two-hour chart, let's say, uh, because I have a service where I also send out signals to, to subscribers, but if someone gets an alert and they can't go put the trade on for 20 minutes, well, if the price is basically right where it was, which it often is 20 minutes later, it's still a perfectly valid setup. So that's really all they need to, to do what I do. I'll put it that way. And so, so there's nothing. There's nothing in terms of like a candlestick you need to look for, or you need to see bigger wicks or anything like that. It's it's pretty straightforward. Nope. It's totally straightforward. As a matter of fact, I use I use vertical lines and horizontal lines to box in the to identify the take profit points of the you know where X is, what the distance of X is from the entry. And sometimes, if you're on a 20 minute chart, you can't quite get it. You just, you just go on a five minute chart. You get more granularity. You can see exactly where to put your lines and. And you just box it in. And I have a spreadsheet that my students use. And you simply type in, whether it's a buy or sell, you type in your the current price and your take profit price. It instantly calculates the value of X and pips, gives you your take profit and stop loss parameters for all three, all three trades, the market order and the two conditional orders. Um, you type in your percent risk and your equity. And it tells you exactly how many micros to put on. Of course, it rounds to the nearest whole one. And you just go put the trade on. It's just at this point, it's just a bookkeeping job. You just log into MetaTrader Four. You put the you put the trade on and click OK and walk away. And that's it. Cool. You never look at. You come back later and see what happened. Okay, superb. So very simple. Um, I think we've got probably a good understanding of how how it all works based on what you've told us in the first section of the show. I'm now going to jump into the quick fire round and few different kind of questions in here as well which which hopefully will give the guys uh, some insight into how they can potentially um, 
get to the point where you are now where it's like just so robotic that you're just going in there a few times a day and placing these trades. So first of all, how long did it take you to go from trading newbie to consistently profitable in the Forex market, shall we say? From, from say, say the question again. Uh, using this uh, yeah, so, so well, no, just um, from when you started looking into Forex to the point where you obviously oh, oh, come yeah. up with something well, that was for profitable. The first, when I very first started the first year, I was pretty much break even. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just experimenting, just trying to figure out what the, what the best best way to trade was. Um, but when I discovered this, this was a game changer because you've now got a phenomenon that is correct in forecasting price direction. So that's not something that most traders are used to. They don't think in those terms. You're trying to have in, having a lot of indicators line up. You know, that's your signal to go, but but you know quite often you get whipsaws and fake outs and reversals and you get stopped out and all that kind of stuff but once you had a truly predictive uh indicator or phenomenon i'll put it that way way of using an indicator it changed everything because it means you were going to win most of the time so at that point it started becoming consistently profitable the problem for me was i was still trading the, the traditional way. I hadn't discovered this concept. I was just putting one trade on at a time. I wasn't sure where to put my take profit target. I wasn't sure, you know, I was always trying to figure out where, where we're going to go for different support and resistance and putting on my stop and having to constantly come back and babysit it. That was the, the worst part for me because it tied me up too much. I had other things I wanted to do. I didn't want to just sit for hours at a time. So, But it, it became profitable, but it didn't become a system, a totally dependable, reliable system until around 2009. Okay, so that was that was about what, a year and a bit, was it? Or yeah, a couple of years. A couple of years, cool. Something like that. Yeah. Okay, so what about? Um, and this will be interesting. What about your mental approach to trading? And do you have any special techniques you can share with the listeners? Well, um, yeah. If there's, this sounds like a bit a bit of an, an extreme thing to say, but it, there is no emotion. I mean, this is such a defined. Uh, technique. It's so specifically rule-based that there's almost no subjectivity to it at all. So the the pattern, the MACD pattern that I that I teach, I, I'm, I've got three kids. The youngest is 13, but every one of them, when they were 10 years old, could instantly spot it. I'd have them come to the computer. Oh, there it is, right there. Where you can say, hey guys, is there one on the screen right now? Yeah, there it is. Oh, okay, thanks. I mean, anybody could see it. It's you could teach your grandmother to see it. This is, doesn't take any intuition or special experience or special 3D vision. It's either there or it's not. And so there is no emotion if you follow the method exactly. The problem I have with teaching some new students, especially engineers, is they want to improve it. You know, right away, they, oh, well, we can do this different, that different, this different. I say, you know what, I, maybe you can. And if you do, I'll be the first to adopt your way of doing it. But just learn this exactly. You know, when you buy an EA, buy an, an expert advisor, you buy it because you've, you've back-tested it, you've watched it, you're renting it, you paid for it, whatever, and you put it on, and it's going to do what it's going to do based on exactly how it's programmed. It doesn't care what you think or even whether you're even looking at it. So I, my, my approach is to teach students, you want to take the you out of this as much as humanly possible. You, you don't, there's no emotion when you win. There's no emotion when you lose. It's just you want to be data on Star Trek. Uh, just it's just a system. Yeah. It's got very defined rules. It wins most of the time. It it absorb the wins absorb the losses, 
just focus on the quality setup and let it let it take care of itself. So it's not like you got to prepare yourself and steal yourself and don't let you know revenge trading and getting back at the market and all the usual mistakes that we all make when we first first start. Those aren't applicable in this type of type of approach. What's your favorite entry setup? MACD divergence. <laughs> and it, and just on that, I mean, are there any are there any sort of particular times when you go? I've got a better feeling of this one than than like say no. another one. They all look about the same, no. do they? No, it's uh, it's either either I like the setup I'm seeing or I don't. You know, the, um, a diversion setup. It's like people. You see people coming down the street. You know, if you're Asian or you're African American or you're European, I can tell that as soon as I look at you, right? I mean, it's just we all have a general form form to us. I can probably tell if you're male or female. I can tell if you're six feet tall or four feet tall. But other than that, you're still human being. It's the same thing here. No two diversion setups are going to look exactly the same, but they have a very general format to them that I teach. There's certain requirements of it, and then there'll be there'll be there'll be minor shades of gray. Uh, but but if you're looking for quality setups, for the most part, you could take a screenshot and stick it in the textbook and say that's what you're looking for right there. And so, I try to eliminate subjectivity completely at least at least minimize it as much as possible what's your recommended trading book well a book that uh what was it a van tharp trade trade your um, trading for a living i think it was van tharp wrote a book years ago called trading for a living cool pretty sure it was him and in the book he he, he blew me away because he's he, he related in the book that some students of his had challenged him to pick stocks at random and still make money based 100% on position sizing, and he did. And I, I, that was like, that totally got my attention, because my background in college was in, was in math and physics. I was in pre-med. You know, I've always had a mind for, for math and things like that. So when I saw that, I thought, wow. So there really is, you can take this apparently chaotic price action, this, this, this swirling, roiling market, and out of the middle of it, you can just apply rules that will give you an edge. I didn't, I, and I learned the term um, positive expectancy from reading his book, Mathematical Expectation of Profit. And I thought, oh, wow, that's really interesting. That is interesting, actually. That's very interesting. Uh, I didn't know yeah. that because I haven't read that book, but that, that's uh, one for you guys to go and check out if you want to learn more about that. Uh, next question is, if there was one thing you'd recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be, why, and how could they go about mastering it? Well, you mean you mean in terms of the the way pe- most people trade? I would say mastering yourself. Um, that's usually the approach that that, that they recommend. Um, I don't want to dodge. I'm not trying to dodge the question again. But what I do, there is no mastery. You just recognize the setup. That's it. It's a pattern. It's either there. It's the MACD divergence. Either is there right in front of your face, or it's not. If it's there. You just need to know what to do when you see it. That's just rote. You could teach it into a, to a, into a bright 10-year-old. And I think that, so, that's the challenge that people have is like, back to your engineering example, they want to they want to fix it, they want to change it, they want to improve it. Um, they don't like the, the, the 2% loss that they can, you know, the loss, that they'll, the double whammy that they get 2% of the time. And how can I get rid of that? When you're like just going, well, in actual fact, that's just the way it is, but it works if you look at the positive well, side of it. Yeah, well, if you look at a casino like Las Vegas, Atlantic City, you know, Monte Carlo, anywhere in the world, they, they're not in the gambling business. 
they're in the taking money away from gamblers business. I mean, I mean, Las Vegas, if they want to, like in blackjack, what, what is the edge? 3% to the house in blackjack. Yeah. So they, they make 53, you make 47% of the time, basically. And, and so if they want to know how many billions of dollars they're going to take in this year, they can make a phone call to the Department of you know, the, the uh, Tourist Bureau and find out how many buses are coming into town. That's really what it comes down to. Because ma- the laws of math don't change. They're immutable. And so yeah, if you've got, if, you've, if you're winning, if you're losing 47, if, I'm sorry, if you're winning 47% of the time, that's so close to, to random that you can have wins of four, five, six, seven wins in a row because statistically the distribution of wins and losses, you can have big long runs when you get that close to random and it creates the illusion of luck. And you've got the old movies from the thirties with the blonde, with the, with the fur coat, you know, blowing on the dice, <laughs> you know, yeah. because you know, the next one's going to, going to buy you the house, but, but it's all math. So th- I learned a long time ago that 100% of making money in trading and investing is mathematics and 0% everything else yeah that's it yeah that's such a critical critical lesson um right now next question is what's your preferred broker and trading platform well i use metatrader 4 only because it's so convenient it's just ubiquitous it's everywhere and as far as brokerage goes that this this technique because because we're placing orders that could that could go in opposite directions in the market at the same time you can't do that in the u.s obviously because years ago they they slapped our wrist and said well now you can have 50 to 1 margin not you know at the time 400 and you have fifo first in first out and you can't be you can't be buying your long and short in the same pair at the same time so it's so and it was really tough because when when the regulators came through the currency market in the u.s not years ago like like with a flamethrower and they basically just because we were trading in UK, I was trading. I had an account in New Zealand, uh, Australia, in um, I'm trying to think where else. They, Uncle Sam basically came around knocking on the door and said, "Sorry, we don't want our people trading in your country anymore, if you don't mind." And we just got you know closing your account notices, and we all came back to the U.S., which was really kind of a, of a bummer to use uh, '70s language. But um, now that that's lightened up, and there are international brokers that are happy to accept U.S. clients. We can go to Trader's Way, which is in the Dominican Republic, which is down in the, uh, the Caribbean. We can go to FX Choice, which I'm pretty sure is in Belize in Central America. And they've got very good, thus far, they've got very good reputations. I mean, online as far as good customer service, no one's ever had a problem with withdrawals or deposits or, or uh, getting their money basically stolen. <laughs> and uh, I haven't, I've, I've been using those brokers pretty regularly. Um, for the software I've developed, which is a completely different conversation, there's no problem being in the U.S. at uh, OAND or Forex. FXCMForex.com. But for this particular technique, we need to be able to uh, to trade under non-U.S. rules. So I have my students right currently going to Trader's Way, and I'm not recommending them. I'm not endorsing them. I'm just saying it's been a positive experience with them so far. Yeah, it's interesting. That's um, Trader's Way's come up a few times on the show from other traders so guys it's obviously got some they're doing some they're doing some right stuff same same with fx choice actually both of those two have have come up um as Mm -hmm. brokerage firms that people are happily you know uh depositing and withdrawing money and these are guys that are professionals so um anyway we're not we're not here doing advertisements for brokers so what's your worst ever trade worst ever trade forgetting to put a stop on and uh, wiping out half of a small account when I first started. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what the basis of the trade yeah. was. I thought I had a stop on, and I didn't. At first, I thought it gapped and hopped right over it. Oh. And then I realized that, I mean, I literally shot myself in the foot. And it was a, it was a, so one of the things I tell my students is as soon as you start learning a trade, I want you to get a demo account. And I want to, I want you to pretend that you're, um, that you're doing barrel rolls. In other words, I want you to fly your jet fighter, you know, under the Golden Gate Bridge, upside down on afterburners, blow your account up, get it out of your system. Uh, you know, try to trade 10 times too large and get a margin call on your very first trade. Just get the experience out of your system so you can see how quickly things can really go south in this market if you're not paying attention. Because you can make mistakes. You can go to type in 0.01 and type in 1.00 yep. if you're hungover and blow your – assuming the, the platform will even take the trade, of course, <laughs> and, and, blow, and blow yourself right out, you know. There's things you can do where it's user error. I mean, even pilots with 40,000, 50,000 hours of lifetime commercial pilots still make errors. We're people. We're humans. We make errors. So in, with the technique I teach, you're not going to make an error in spotting a quality setup because that is what it is. And they'll win most of the time. Not all the time, but most of the time. But you could make an error in executing the trade. You could type in the wrong values into MetaTrader and obviously have an adverse outcome. But uh, cool. Okay, so what's the um? If you got oh, sorry, the next question and the last question of the quick fire round is: if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would that be? Oh, learn to trade currency successfully. Whatever. Uh, well, <laughs> you mean specifically related to trading? Yeah. Is what you're asking, yeah. right? <clears throat> okay. Well, first of all, <clears throat> learn to make a living from home, and then within that subset, learn to trade reliably that you can depend on yourself and learn to free yourself from the nine to five learn learn to be able to support your lifestyle trading so that you can be anywhere you want to be or if things get dicey where you're living you may if you need to leave and go somewhere else you can have the 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 location independence to be wherever you want to be on this planet where you can get on the internet and and live your life and uh, it doesn't you know, everybody has different values about what it means to make money. I want to be rich. I want a Rolls Royce. I want a house. You know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. If you if if you everyone has bills that come in every thirty days. If you can trade to cover those bills, if that's all you can do, you're retired by my definition, because you no longer need to sell your labor to someone else, typically to the lowest bidder, as as an employee. And you free yourself from that world. And now it just it's a complete game changer. So regardless of what technique you use, hey, I say if it works for you and you enjoy it, just stay with it and get good at it and, and just learn to be consistent. Yeah, as I heard the other day, it's essentially buying back your time. You're buying back your time, yeah. right? Um, and then when you've got the time, you can do other stuff and you can you know start to even accentuate the time that you've got. Uh, right, so the last question of the show, and I ask this to all my guests, and we'll see what you come up with here, Gordon. Um, we'd like you to give us the bones of a full trading strategy, the entry setup, stop loss, take profit targets, market time frame, something our listeners can try it at home this week. What have you got for us well, there? I, well, I'm, the computer I'm on right now is not my trading computer, and, and even if it were, there may not be any setup right this second. This isn't something you, I can do at, at, literally on demand at any moment. Because what I do is I go look for divergence. 
and if the setup is there. Now, if you'd like me to send you some screenshots or some things, I, I don't know what you'd like to do as far as helping helping your listeners see what this technique looks like. But but if if we were sitting at the screen right this second and there were a setup, and it were a quality setup that meets the rules, you do you you would just do what I said earlier. Yeah, you know, I just have a little. You could do this on the back of an envelope with a calculator, or do it in your head once you get good at it. But basically. It is, what is the value of X? How many pips am I going for? Okay, great. That tells me my take profit target. 3X is going to be the stop loss. And I'm now going to determine how many lots I'm going to put on based on my risk on this trade and my equity. So now I have those input values for MetaTrader. I have the lots to, to type in. I have, of course, the market price is what it is at this moment. So I have my take profit and my stop loss. Um, that trade is now live in the market. I go back, I, I go to pending orders in MetaTrader, and if, I, if, I'm, if I, my first trade was long, I put on a buy stop. It has its own take profit, 1x take profit, 3x stop loss parameters. Put that on platform. I put on the second and final leg, which is the, the stop loss recovery trade in case the initial trade loses. I put on its take profit and stop loss. So that's three, three trade executions, alive and two pending, and it might take me 60 seconds, two minutes, just to type them in, double check it. Just you know, yeah, the numbers look right to me, and click OK. That's it. I'm done. That's that's what I do. Well, cool. Well, look, we might jump on the uh, the YouTube as we said before, and and see how that looks. And the, one last question before we sort of wrap up: What Kit, could this mathematical approach be useful for for other entry setups, or or even randomly? Have you even tried it randomly? So. Just having this sort of <laughs> yeah. take profit and stop loss and the, the enter. And, how does that work out? Is it? I, I yeah. I don't know how much more time we have. That's a whole other conversation. I've got a I've got a dear friend of mine, and we do a lot of research with uh, with uh, expert advisor development. And uh, we actually came up with a a, a re- not exactly the same, but a related grid trading system that has exactly identical risk and reward. You know, if it wins one percent, it loses one percent. And literally can pull out of complete price chaos with no directionality whatsoever. And it wins about 53% of the time. So it's, it's, it's not fantastic. It's, it was an interesting, it was really more of an intellectual experiment to see if we could actually do it. And it just blew me away that you could actually uh, pull that out. And then what we do from there is we use the same progressive position sizing that card players use. And that's a completely different concept. It's, in other words, the size of your next trade uh, yeah. is predicated on on if the previous trades were wins or losses. Yeah, yeah, like a custom bidding sequence. Uh, exactly, yeah. exactly, and that that dramatically accelerates the the returns if you and it's again it's strictly rule based cool okay well but, look, yeah i think we'll um actually before we wrap up here let what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you well you can go to wealthscienceuniversity.com wealthscienceuniversity.com that's where i'm currently teaching and the, there's a of course they'd, they'd have anybody would have to be under non-disclosure to become a student but if anyone's interested they can get in touch with me i'm not here to market my my course if they want to get in touch with me uh, just have them con- contact me through a contact form on the website and we'll schedule a time that's mutually convenient like you and i did we'll hop on skype or something and i'll be happy to answer their questions 
Superb. Well, look, a big thank you to Gordon for sharing with us today. Everything we have discussed will be up in the show notes, uh, including the video we're going to record now just to go over some of the um, things he's talked about. So to find them, simply search for Gordon in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. Righty-ho, folks. hope you enjoyed that interview with Gordon. Now, if you do want to see the video we shot after the interview, then head over to tradingnut.com. Or check out the Trading Nut YouTube channel and yeah, well, subscribe to it while you're there. Um, more videos like this coming up in the future. So there's a video of us walking through how he actually picks his trade entry. So we we we, we really dive into detail here, talk about settings uh, that he uses for the indicator that he's working with and that sort of thing. So um, check that out, tradingnut.com, find his interview show notes and you can find it in there or you can head over to YouTube and just uh, search for Trading Nuts and you'll find it on the Trading Nut YouTube channel. Now, uh, what else is going on? So, oh, number two, I'm going to send you um, up on my social media. I'm going to put some pictures up of me in Kuala Lumpur and um, hopefully you guys can go over there and check that out and see what it was all about. There's a picture of the Traders Hotel there as well. And um, and also I'm launching the Robot Traders clubs oh actually robot builders club very soon so yeah if you're interested in building trade trading robots yourself then head over to um actually you can head over to automatemytrading.com at the moment and check my course out there or you can basically send me an email and i'll get you into the new course um and you're gonna be able to see how i've changed see how i've changed things because i'll give you the old course as well um you'll be able to see how i've changed things from the old course to the new course Trust me, it's going to be a game changer. Uh, now, um, if you don't want to learn how to build your own trading robots, but you do want to trade with some trading robots, then I'll tell you what, here's what I'm doing. I'm building a trading robot every month, and we're trying to find a group of them, one, two, three, however many, that can really take, give us an automated side income. That's what we're trying to do here at the Robot, robot Traders Club. So if that sounds like something for you, then you can try it out for seven bucks. You get a fully automated robot as a bonus, and you get a semi-automated robot straight off the back for just seven dollars. Uh, and then it's a monthly fee for um, fully detailed robots that I've spent a lot of time working on and trying to perfect and give us that edge in the markets on autopilot. All right, guys. Until next time, I'll catch you on the airway. Where I'll catch you in the markets. I'll catch you in the markets. All right. See ya. Bye.